Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Chilly night in Charlotte. Cam Newton slicing up the Miami Dolphins. Miami has a football team, and they're not very good. Uh, both these. Now, Carolina's 7-3. and three. We'll get to them in a moment. But the Miami Dolphins, I don't really do losing team radio, but do- I'm just bored. The Dolphins have been in too many primetime games. It's another mistake by the NFL. There's a reason not to give Roger Goodell an extension. Someone under Roger Goodell determined that we need to watch this dreck that is the Miami Dolphins on national TV. Enough! Enough of the Dolphins! They don't even look like they want to be there in most of these games. And I got to watch the Dolphins in uh, prime time. I, I, you don't have to. You could do other stuff. But I seemingly find myself trapped into a, a corner with my back against the wall. And I'm like, oh, this is Monday Night Football. Well, the Dolphins have now lost three games in a row in glorious fashion. Yes, they were competitive with the the Raiders in a prior prior game, uh, but my, my memory of the Dolphins is that Thursday night game with Baltimore where they just vomited all over the field. And this was another example, another example of a Miami football team, uh, the professional version. The college version, uh, completely different this year. The college version, oh, man, they put the, uh, the, the uh, thump on you-know-who there, Notre Dame, 
over the weekend. But the, the NFL version, yikes. Yikes, 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 yikes. Jake Cutler and the Miami Dolphins, a hot mess, an absolute hot mess. And the halftime adjustments of the Dolphins to go out and they gave each of their defensive players a little bit of a, a tranquilizer at halftime, and they went out and they just kind of they were in zombie mode. The Carolina Panthers, who I do not think are a great offensive team. Does any? Do you think they're a great offensive team? I don't. Uh, 548 yards. 548 yards of offense uh, against the, the Dolphins. And it was big, big, massive chunks of yards. Massive uh, gains. Uh, the Cam Newton going through the defensive line of the Miami Dolphins and running and running and running. Uh, he he didn't really get stopped. He just he got tired. He got tired of running. Uh, that that was the issue there. Uh, so the the Panthers win. And again, we asked the question of Carolina. They have a seven and three record. They're the fifth seed in the NFC. They got that gaggle of teams that are seven and two, right behind the Eagles, the Vikings, the Saints, the Rams, all at seven and two. And then uh, just a, a hair behind that, the Carolina Panthers. And you you start peeking ahead at Carolina's schedule, and you see a path, and a relatively easy, easy path to at least 10 wins. At least 10 wins, right? Because they still have to play the Jets. That's the next game. You figure they'll likely win that game. They got a game with Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers down the line at home in Charlotte. You figure that's going to be a win. And you still have the divisional opponent with the Bucs. But you have to play the Vikings and the Saints uh, a little bit later in the season. The Saints, of course, in the division. But uh, Carolina, the, the game Monday night, the big takeaway from the game Monday night is that's that's a game only bad bad things can happen. Like, you're supposed to win. You're supposed to win by a wide margin. And, uh, yeah, I, I was on the side of the Dolphins because it was a big point spread. And anytime you get a big point spread, I make the fatal mistake, and I do this all the time, I make the, the fatal mistake of thinking – that teams are going to compete and they're not going to get into the fetal position. And the Miami Dolphins have uh, done that far too often. Far too often they have been sushi is what they've They've ended up being sushi there with eye-poppingly bad football, right? But yet I continue to go down that road because historically if you take the big underdog, you end up winning more times than not. But there are the exceptions to the rule and you have to be a, a a disgrace and pathetic and a doormat like the Dolphins, who are far again. They've won they've won what four games? The Dolphins are four and five, and yet most of the time we've actually watched the majority of the Dolphins games. They look terrible, looked absolutely horrible. And uh, I have some friends in Florida who wish Jay Cutler had stayed as a broadcaster on Fox. If only Jay Cutler had decided, I don't want to come back. I would like to continue to be a broadcaster, even though he was never really a broadcaster. But I want to go down that road. And this was Cutler, who had his best game ever, right? Career-high game against the Raiders. He completed 81% of his passes against the the Raiders at uh, 213 yards. He had a, The stat line doesn't look as bad as the, the eyeball test uh, for, for Jay Cutler. But the, the story here is Carolina, uh, and they win. That's the focus here. 21 points in more than in just more than eight minutes. Uh, that bridge between halves, the game all over, 
Uh, that's it. See you later. That little bridge, second and third quarter. Here's Ron Rivera, who is going to slobber all over Cam Newton and tell you how amazing and wonderful Cam Newton is. He's a great human being. He does. Uh, there's something about when the lights turn on. I think he's now 6-1 in Monday night games or something like that, and it's just who he is. I mean, he, he does play well, and there's something about this stage, and he just he carries it over. And uh, you can say the opposite about Jay Cutler. There's something about those primetime games. There's something about these uh, these big games for Jay Cutler where more times than not, he is snoozing. He is, uh, he is a snoozeroo. That's uh, our guy, Jay Cutler. Speaking of snoozing, am I correct that Cam Newton spotted someone following the game there, one of the Charlotte media contingent there who was dozing off during his, his press conference? Is that accurate? Am I correct on that? How about that? A sleeper. In the post-game uh, news conference there, we'll have to get audio on that, but apparently one of the, the media guys in Charlotte was dozing off while, while Cam was was speaking here. Well, uh, tough day at the office there. Did they have an open bar in the press box in Charlotte? Were they, were they boozing it up there, enjoying themselves? I, I don't know. It's slightly tough. All right, uh, here's more from... From Ron Rivera, and again, you're you're getting a part of the story here. You're getting the the version of everything is great, kumbaya, and why not? I mean, Carolina looked really, really good. It's kind of like uh, playing against a lower level opponent in college football. You're supposed to look really good. Miami's a lower level talent wise, uh, and Carolina was supposed to stomp all over the Dolphins, and they did what they were supposed to do. Here's Ron Rivera, though, on the offensive football uh, side of things and how really great things are going right now for them. Well, that's the best part is he's getting down. He's being smart about it. He understands. He understands that, you know, there's no reason for him to take some of the shots that he's, he's taken in the past. So I, I think he's very judicious in his decision-making. And I think Mike, again, has called some tremendous games. I mean, I'm really excited about what Mike's done for us in the last few weeks. And I think, again, part of it is just the way the offense is changing, morphing into something a little bit different, obviously, with the receivers that we have now. And I think that helps us. Well, I thought that was going to be said. That, the, the beginning of that was very confusing to me. I couldn't understand the beginning. I don't know who labeled that, but that was very confusing at the beginning. Very, very confusing. So, the only concern here for Carolina in this particular game was not – you don't want to choke on a cupcake. See, the, when you play a cupcake, you, the danger is the choke factor. You don't want to choke on that. And that was the concern there because you play the Miami Dolphins and they're a, a team that you're supposed to manhandle, uh, sputtering the doom and gloom and all that around – the, the the cupcakes that are the Miami Dolphins, they're fish-flavored cupcakes. No one likes fish-flavored cup, uh, cupcakes. It's not something you would go to the store to buy. Uh, but what a what a pile of junk. What a pile of junk uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, are. And it's it's not like that's going to get much better. <laughs> like, it, it not, you know, you can say, hey, you lost your starting quarterback before the year. You get Every fall guy... In the world, right? Every fall guy in the world, you you've got. You know, I lost a quarterback. Our defense is banged up, and, yeah. and Adam Adam Gase can use all of them, right? And technically, he's not wrong. He's not wrong to use all of those fall guys. Uh, but you look and project ahead for the Dolphins, and is that a team that should just? I'm never saying blow things up. I don't believe in that because I don't like that the weasel terms that are rebuilding and and all that. But they got to find some better players at the quarterback position. 
And, and I get that guys will be coming back and Jay Cutler will likely walk away from the Dolphins and then the Dolphins will will have a, a different set of quarterbacks next year. But that's not any if you're the Patriots, you're not you're laughing at the uh, Miami Dolphins again, which always seems to be the case here. And if you're the Jets, if you're the Buffalo Bills, the other teams in the division, you're like, oh, yeah, you fit right in. Wear the dunce cap with us. But if you tell me that Ryan Tannehill, who is essentially a younger Jay Cutler, if Ryan Tannehill walked back through the Dolphins locker room next year on day one, said, I'm good to go, put me in coach, I'm ready to play, are the Miami Dolphins any better than a 4-5 and football team? It's the same scrap heap. It, it's the same deal. They'll put you to sleep in a different way, in a different way, right? They'll, they'll put you to sleep in a different way, but it's still still a Pop Warner level a football team where uh, when I when I looked at, at Tannehill, when he was playing, it was a very similar. He'd have one really good game out of three or four games, and the rest of the time, most of the time, he'd be bad or he'd be average. And Jay Cutler is, uh, what is he, five years older, I think, something like that, than Ryan Tannehill, but it's a, it's the same deal. Like He'll have one good game, and then – He'll have a couple of stink bombs and then have a couple of games where he's average. The same song and dance. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox. Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Garcia. You know, Ben, sometimes you watch these games and you're amazed at what these athletes can do. Sometimes you see things, you're like, my God, I can't believe that. Or maybe, you know, just a great play. And then sometimes you see uh, someone do something that you can't believe they're that stupid. That that interception that Cutler threw right before half in his own territory that allowed Carolina to score a touchdown to end out the half and pretty much put the game away. What the hell, man? He's been in. How long has he been in the league? And he's throwing. He's making that decision. Well, at least you can't I mean, say unbelievable. that. unbelievable. If, if he was a first-year player, that's a rookie mistake. You can't well, say that's that what it's rookie. like. That's oh, what stop. it was like. A mistake is not a, a rookie mistake. It's you, a mistake. You see, There's no such thing as a rookie but, mistake. But wouldn't it's you just think, a mistake. Stop yelling. It's wouldn't, a mistake. Wouldn't you think someone who's been in the league for, well, I don't know, 12 years would know, yeah. n- number one, not to stare down his receiver, and number two, not to try and throw it to him through a linebacker, that's, you know, especially the best player on the Carolina defense? Luke Keekley, I just throw it through him. What a yeah. jackass. Jay, Jay Cutler, How do you not bench him after that? Let me tell you something right now. My man Jay Cutler, what he's thinking on that play is, where can I get a discount carton of cigarettes? Where can I save money on my smokes? That's what he's thinking. He ain't thinking about that. You talk, come on. He wants it. Where can I get a discount on my smokes? That's what he wants to do. Come on. It's a mess. It was it a 10-7 to 7 game or something before that, right? It was late in the first half. And it was a ten. I believe it was a ten seven game. Carolina had the lead, so Miami was right there. They were right I, I in the know. game. I I just like I said. <laughs> and, uh, so, sometimes you watch this, you're like, oh my god, he didn't just do that. But, not not that guy. I mean, I'm not saying he's the greatest greatest quarterback uh, in the world, but he's been in the league for over ten years. I mean, that uh, is um, unbelievable. Yeah, and he will continue to be coddled by coaches. It's not not his fault. You know, this is what you don't understand what he was trying to do and. It'll I be, don't understand what he was trying to do. Yeah. Apparently, uh now in, in fairness to Jay Cutler, the entire the entire Miami I, Dolphin I team at halftime got together and they took sleeping pills. Yes, I know. They yeah. they were on ambient. But th- I'm just saying in the that, second that, half there. That, that was play a was, horror show. Was it for me? I, yeah. I, All right. 
But again, my my the beginning of this uh, disjointed Maller monologue was about Carolina and the fact that even though they are seven and three, and they are currently in the fifth seed in the NFC, they play the Rams. If the playoffs started right now in the wild card round, it would be Carolina and the Rams would be that game, which would be a fun game, be a fun game. Uh, but that that does not strike me as the type of team that uh, that is going to win the NFC. I just don't trust. I don't believe in them. Well, uh, I think they've so earned your your lack my, of faith. My distrust. Yes. Yeah. Okay. As long as you're you're in, I feel like you're in agreement with me. I feel like you're that Carolina is uh, uh, way too like inconsistent second, to think they're yeah, legitimately yeah, a contender. Like a second level type team, like the second second level. I mean, and they did they, beat the Patriots, right? They lost yeah, a close game. I mean, the Eagles, and they, their uh, losses, uh, the Saints and the Eagles, those are, I guess, uh, if you uh, want to say, good losses. Oh, but, great uh, losses, beautiful loss. Yeah, blown out by the Saints, but it was a beautiful blowout. Yeah. It was glorious. It was such a wonderful blowout. It was a good looking blowout. It smelled good. It just had a nice aura to it. It was a clean, beautiful blowout by the Saints. That was at home, too. Wasn't that game in Charlotte? I think that game it was, was in Charlotte. Yes. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Monday night football game was a dud. The NBA game, well, there were several NBA games, but the, the, the one that got a lot of attention in New York, LeBron and the Cavaliers taking on the Knickerbockers, not a dud. Uh, not a dud. The, the Cavs and Knicks squaring off at the Mecca in Midtown Manhattan, and the game was dominated for three quarters by the Knickerbockers, and then New York gagged like the Cavaliers pulled the rug from underneath them in the fourth quarter. They blew a 23-point lead they had at one point, and Cleveland ends up outscoring New York by 18 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, but it was the preamble that really had people yap, right? Because after the pregame war of words, which we're going to get to here in a moment, it spilled out onto the court. And it happened early. It happened early. Classic NBA theater. The drama of the NBA in the first quarter. Now, LeBron James had a dunk. And that happens about four or five times a game. So it seems. Maybe not. Maybe not that much. But LeBron had a dunk. And this new highfalutin Nick point guard, who's not playing very well right now, Frank Nilakina, uh, he came over. He went to collect the ball after LeBron had the dunk, but LeBron then he he did the old power play. You ain't going through me. You got to go through me. You got to go through me. And so LeBron, uh, he put up a human shield blocking Nilakina and uh, the rookie uh, guard, the Frenchie. Uh, he went over there and he didn't back down. He did not back down. He was unintimidated by LeBron. In fact. Nilakina shoved LeBron. Oh, my God, the theater, the drama. Oh, my. LeBron then, of course, did what LeBron always does. He started yelling at Nilakina. And then Enos Cantor came over as the enforcer. He's playing the role of, like, Charles Oakley. It's a reach. Uh, But he came over, and he was the defender there, and he came to the defense of his teammate. Now, all of this started. No punches were thrown. All of this started. By LeBron James, couple in the last couple of days, Le- LeBron James, in fact, confirming, confirming that his comment earlier this week that the Knicks had made a mistake by not drafting Dennis Smith of the Ma- who's now with the Mavericks, uh, that 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 was a shot at Phil Jackson, not Frank Nilakina, the guy that Jackson ended up drafting, 
and that uh, this is a uh, a grudge. We we have the we have the audio. All right, let's go to the audio tape. Here's LeBron James. This is from the the pregame shoot around leading up to the eventual Cavs Knicks game. LeBron opening up on how he was triggered, and he's still hurt. He's still hurt because of uh, because of. Oh, we don't have the Phil Jackson. We don't have that. All right, let's. So we're gonna get Phil Jackson. I want to hear that one first. I want to hear that one because uh, LeBron, uh, he he's not gonna let this go. Now Phil Jackson made some comments last year. Uh, I think it was was it last year or two years ago? He in the last couple of years he made some comments that he was he he was repeating a story, Phil, that he got from Pat Riley about what a douche LeBron was when he was in Miami and how he he you know, ran roughshod over the Heat coaching staff and the team had to stay in Cleveland because LeBron's guys. His posse wanted to stay in Cleveland an extra night. And so he, he kind of messed everything up. Uh, and Phil just repeated, regurgitated a story that he had been told. And so LeBron got very upset, very upset. And he, he turned the word posse into a racist word. It was really amusing, embarrassing for LeBron. But he's still bitter about it. LeBron still can't let it go. He's still angry at Phil Jackson. Listen to this. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a shot at him. That's for sure. LeBron, it was intentional that you brought up the Knicks that night? Well, when I was watching the draft, I thought they was going to pick him. And, you know, I talked about it with people that I know the game, that knows, knows the game. I know what Dennis Smith is capable of doing. And I knew the Knicks was looking for, have been looking for a point guard. And am I stating things that's false? No. I think I'm, this is facts, right? So I thought they would pick him, and they didn't. But like I said, there's no, no shade at uh, – uh, Frank, I don't even know the kid. I wasn't even thinking about the kid when I was talking about Dennis Smith. I was thinking about the just the Knicks organization and, and Phil Jackson at the time and Dennis Smith talent and Przingis, and that's all I was thinking about. All right, now Le- LeBron also, he went on and said, he's, he said, quote, I'm not a fan of Phil Jackson. He said it. He said the line, I'm not a fan of Phil Jackson. He said, I think you guys already know that. And then he said, that's the past, though. He's not even here anymore. But when saying that, He's, he's still living in the past. He's still living in the past. And this guy, uh, Frank Nilakina, I'm going to say that guy's name over and over. I, the reason I'm going to say Nilakina over and over again, I just learned how to say it. And, and, and so I'm going to repeat that. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I still haven't learned how to say the Greek freak's last name, but I know how to say Nilakina. Right, I watched uh, part of that Knicks game just so I could learn how to say Nilakina. Mike Breen, I watched the MSG feed. Um, Mike Breen and, and Walt Clyde Frazier. We're calling the game, and uh, it was uh, mildly enjoyable. Uh, I, I enjoyed Walt Frazier more because he was calling out the dog play of some of the Cavalier players in the first half, and I thought it was great because <laughs> it, it happens so often in the NBA, and it's like NBA player on NBA player crime. I know I'm getting carried away on a tangent here, and I'm on my soapbox, but he, he went on and on about how the, the Cavs were playing at like half speed, uh, LeBron in particular in parts of the first half of that game. like They were in cruise control. In baseball, they call that the Major League Jog. I don't think they call it that in basketball. It would be odd if they called it that in basketball. Uh, Anyway, back to LeBron. So LeBron James said he's not a fan of Phil Jackson. He said that the Knicks should have drafted Dennis Smith instead of Frank Nielakina. There, I said it again. And then King James put a bullseye on Enos Cantor because Enos Cantor had the balls – to come to the defense. Now, this is before the game, even before on the court and all the the rhubarb that happened there on the court, which was like a minor rhubarb in the in the big picture of things. But Enos uh, Enos Cantor uh, came to the defense of his teammate. LeBron was offended by that, 
and uh, he uh, kind of dismissed Enos Cantor, who's been around the NBA, played with a couple of different teams, saying he always has uh, something to say. Now, do we have the post game on this? Do we have? Uh, I don't think we have the post game. All right, I, I'm 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 told we'll try to get the post game because Enos Cantor apparently uh, went all in on LeBron, and uh, he he loaded up again after the game, and then they had the back and forth continued. But let's hear, let's hear the pregame uh, from uh, LeBron leading up to what happened on the court here. There's, uh, there's a lot of moving parts. I'm confused yet. The Knicks pass on a, on a really good one. And, the Dallas, and Dallas got the, the diamond in the rough. He should be a Nick. He's going to make some headlines, but he should be a Nick. But uh, Dallas is definitely, I know they're excited that he didn't go there. So he's an unbelievable talent, athleticism. He's very poised to be, a, be his age can shoot the ball, can penetrate. He's going to only get better and better with the opportunity that he's given here to play. Dallas got a good one. Well, he's shooting 40%. I mean, let's not uh, let's not anoint Dennis Smith Jr. as anything spectacular. He's not exactly lighting the world on fire. The Mavericks are garbage. Uh, here's uh, We have Enos Cantor. All right, this is, uh, this is Enos Cantor here. Boy, there's a lot of back and forth. Here's Enos Cantor, and uh, let's listen to his rant about LeBron, and he's in a fighting mood. I'll tell you one thing, this team is really special. And you ain't coming to my house playing that water bottle flip game again. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't care who you are, king, what, what do you call yourself, king, queen, princess, whatever you are. You know what, we're going to fight. And, and nobody out there going to punk us. All right, so that's the, that's the great quote. I don't care what you uh, call yourself, king, queen, princess, we're going to fight. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that's uh, pretty good. LeBron uh, then responded because – the great thing the media does is they go, it, it's like in school, hey, do you what so-and-so said about you on the playground? And then, then you go back and forth, right? And so the, the reporters ran. They skedaddled out of the Knicks locker room. They went, over, they went over to LeBron, and they wanted to get LeBron's response to what Enos Cantor had to say. And uh, LeBron did not disappoint here, and he uh, threw it back in Cantor's face. Kind of said, and I'm going to quote you. You can call yourself King Queen. Yeah, I know. I heard that. That's corny. <laughs> you, you call, what? What does it say again? You can call yourself King Queen Princess. If you're not gonna pop. Well, I'm the king. My wife is the queen, and my daughter is the princess. So we got all three covered. Hey, of course, I, I would say being a grown ass man and calling yourself the king is somewhat corny, is it not? I mean, it's you know, LeBron, you're an adult. You're 32 years old, LeBron. You're about to turn 33, and you you were calling yourself the king. What the hell are you the king of? My God, you're calling another man corny? I mean, look in the mirror, LeBron. I know you're surrounded by a harem of ass kissers, but look in the mirror. You're a grown-ass man. You're calling yourself a king. What the hell's wrong with you? All right, anyway, so the, the Ben Maller Show on Fox. Well, let's focus on King James and the the Zen master. We'll do a real quick one. The the, uh, the toss-up on this, who would you rather hang out with? If you had a, a, a night, like a, a Friday, you know, just kind of hanging out, uh, LeBron James or Phil Jackson, who would be more fun to hang out with? Who would you rather hang out with? I would rather hang out with Phil Jackson. I would rather hang out with Phil Jackson. The reason is, well, that's some other people on my staff might go that direction. The way I would look at this, Phil Jackson to me is uh, he's more authentic, right? Doesn't mind poking the bear. He's not thin-skinned. And, and also there's a children's rhyme here in play. And I'll go, I'll go fast through this. But, but back in the years Phil Jackson coached the Lakers, I, I was fortunate enough to be around that particular 
vintage of the Lakers and, and Phil Jackson in particular uh, a lot. And I, I don't know Phil on any kind of a personal level, but th- my big takeaway from those years when they had Shaq and Kobe and the Lakers and Phil was the coach, it, he seemed authentic. Like, he didn't mind taking pot shots at whatever the big story was in the NBA. Donald Sterling, uh, you know, he loved picking on Sterling. Mark Cuban, David Stern, and a bunch of other uh, guys that were involved in the NBA. Phil Jackson enjoyed poking the bear. He never took himself too seriously. I, I really believe that. I mean, it seems like he, he's got a big ego. He does have a big ego. But I don't compared to LeBron, I don't think it, it's anywhere the same thing. He was not pampered uh, working his way up through the basketball. It was a different time uh, when Phil was coming up through the basketball circles. Uh, so he seemed more grounded, right? And, and But that doesn't mean much. I'm not into meditation or you know, feels like – Phil used to talk about inner quiet. You got to have that inner quiet and all that. But I would have a beer with Phil Jackson, and I bet you if I had a beer with Phil Jackson, by the end of the night, he would convince me that meditation and inner quiet are what I need in my life, that I need those things in my life. Uh, and, and LeBron, as I mentioned, he continues to act like a douche. On some level, I do respect LeBron. I'm going to give him credit for this. LeBron and me are wired the same way in the fact that he holds a grudge. Like, he cannot let it go, and I'm very similar to that. Now, I don't have a grudge with Phil Jackson. LeBron does. That fire was put out a while ago, right? That fire, Phil Jackson's, like, sitting in the hills of Montana or he's on Venice Beach right now just kind of chilling, just kind of chilling. And LeBron's the one that reignited the fire. And his temper tantrums are very good for business in these parts, but I wouldn't want to hang out with him. LeBron James is thin-skinned, right? You you mix that with a very passive-aggressive attitude, and that's a toxic brew for LeBron. And you look at the evidence that I'll present to you. This Phil Jackson rift happened, what, a year ago. LeBron can't let it go. LeBron campaigned for Hillary Clinton uh, in Ohio. She got crushed by Donald Trump in the state of Ohio. LeBron, a Democratic operative, can't let that go, calling President Trump a bum, escalating the war of words, uh, and we can go on. The, the thing with Steph Curry, the fact that he's the, not a not a, a big a fan of that, the back and forth between those two guys. He's, like, jealous of how the popularity of Steph Curry. It's very bizarre. Uh, and, and clearly, he, here's the thing. Like, LeBron, when he was growing up, I'm assuming the, the position that LeBron James did not get taught the iconic children's rhyme that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words uh, will never hurt me. Because he has to engage, right? He cannot ignore anyone in the NBA community that has anything negative to say. He cannot let it go. Now, fans say all kinds of negative stuff on social media, and he seems to let that stuff go pretty good. But people that work in the NBA, it's just you can't. He cannot let it go. There's no mute button, uh, which is, again, really good for us in these parts. Really, really good. All right, so Ben Mather show on Fox, Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Garcia. There he is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably also corny that in his canter talks about how he's going to stick up for his family and his teams like his family and all that kind of stuff. But being, you know, the old guy on radio now, you yeah, and me yeah. are the old guys on radio. Not me, Eddie. I'm, I'm hip. I, I, I'm a I millennial. Do, I mean, look, back in the day, remember when players actually didn't like each other, like legitimately didn't like each other instead of, you know, the way it is now where they're all buddies and hang out after the game and before yeah. the game? Kind of like this. 
This is making me oh, this uh, is, interested in the NBA. No, stop. Yeah, kind of like this it. This is fake also. What are you talking no, about? No, I like it. You know how I know it's fake? When uh, In the beginning of that game, when Nilakina, there, I said it again, Frank Nilakina, that's the guy's name, Eddie. He's I don't a, know who out of is. France. He's a guy. Who? doesn't look like that because it's N-T-I-L-I-K-I-N-A, but it's n- pronounced Nilakina. Isn't that very odd? It's a little odd, yeah. Yeah. I'm proud I learned Kinda how like, to pronounce you know, that. Kind of like, Brett Favre. Yeah. Well, that's odd, too. Yeah. Well, the Greek freak, you know, that's uh, Giannis. I just call him Giannis. That's what I call him now. Uh, but anyway, uh, so this is because uh, in that in the first quarter when LeBron dunked and then Neil Aquina came over to collect the ball and LeBron stood in his way, they should have had a throwdown. If there was really bad blood, shouldn't there have been a throwdown right there? Shouldn't punches have flown in the I, air I everywhere? I still think there's there's real bad blood. Eh, I don't. I think it's I like mean, Ennis Kander doesn't make a lot of money. He probably doesn't want to lose. Uh... Oh, he does. He's a max player. He's, he signed a max contract with Oklahoma, with Oklahoma City, right? Did he sign a max contract with them? Holy smokes. I think he's making max money. Believe so, right? Yeah. You're, you're kidding, right? This, I'll look it joke. up, but I believe he's signed a max contract. Am I wrong in that? Right, we're looking it up right now. Do we have any look-up music for the Enos Cantor contract, which I know is uh, is really good? Let's see. Uh, Enos Cantor's contract. Uh, yeah, he signed a four-year, $70 million contract with Oklahoma City. At the time, it was a max contract. Contract's gone up. Now they have these super max contracts. But Kind of like our contracts here at Fox Sports. Yes, Stadium. they keep yeah. going up. Every time your contract comes up, they give you a raise. Wrong! That's, uh, how that works. But, yeah, he's making – Enos Cantor's making $17.8 million plan for the oh. Knicks this year. And next year, he's guaranteed 18.6. Damn! Yeah. And check this out, Eddie. It gets even better. <laughs> it can't get any no, better. No, no. He's an unrestricted free agent, and he's going to be 27 just entering his prime at age 27. Prime of what? So, well, he's a double-double player. He'll get you, you know, 15 points and 10 rebounds, maybe a little more offensively from time to time. He'll get you that. No? I I, I guess so. Okay. Well, you don't get it. I mean, that's the, when he gets enough minutes, that he's productive. No? Productive. That gets you uh, that yeah, kind of money. Yeah, huh? there's a lot okay. of good for him. It's yeah. capitalism. He didn't, he's like 13 points, 10 rebounds a game. So I was right, I was right in that area. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. And away we go. We bring in the Coop de Loop for this thrilling, stimulating, stunning edition. Not from the tap room in Santa Rosa, but somewhere else. Uh, it is time for the third degree. And Coop de Loop, the master of ceremonies. Now, despite the fact that the Saints are now 7-2 and two and look like a serious contender again, it was reported on Sunday night that Drew Brees' future in New Orleans is uncertain. Now, Breeze is not under contract in 2018 and has a clause in his contract that says that the Saints cannot franchise tag him. Reportedly, there are some within the organization concerned that he hasn't been making the types of throws that he has made in the past. Ben, what do you think the future holds for Drew Breeze? Well, here's the way I would approach it. Drew Breeze is Mr. Saint, right? And when that Waterloo moment comes in the offseason, I don't believe that the Saints front office has the balls to let Drew Brees walk. And I, I don't believe that Drew Brees wants to go to play for another team. Right? And, and, and so, but let's pretend. Let's pretend this scenario plays out that the Saints decide they don't want him. Again, I don't think that's going to happen, but let's pretend for the purposes of this little exercise. First of all, Drew Brees is going to skyrocket 
to the top of the list for the stopgap quarterbacks. Now, who would be interested? Now, you look at the usual suspects of teams that are always flirting with quarterbacks. Jacksonville comes to mind. Blake interception Bortles. The Cardinals, Carson Palmer is injured. He's out of gas. The Dolphins, did you watch Jake Cutler? And I know they've got the other quarterbacks that are injured as well. But, man, they stink. The Jets, the Browns, the usual suspects. Now, Drew Brees is a secondary option now at this point for the Saints. The team has shifted to a run-first team built around their defense. And and Brees is kind of along for the ride here. Now, occasionally they'll have a good game, but he didn't have a touchdown pass against Buffalo. He scored 47 points. If Brees wants to keep playing and he wants to wear a uniform other than the Saints uniform, and I realize he used to be a Charger, then he'll have an opportunity to get a job in a number of places. Secondly, the NFL, we've seen this before, NFL teams will overlook the inconsistent play of Drew Brees. I'm not going to say struggle. I'm going to say inconsistency this season, and they'll be optimistic, and they'll say, oh, a change of scenery. He'll have a rebirth if he goes to a new team and puts on a different uniform. But Brees is going to turn 39 years old in January. He has set himself up for retirement. Every time I look at the local media reports in New Orleans, there's some kind of story about Drew Brees buying a five or six Jimmy John's locations deep in the south. This guy's invested a lot. He, he better hope that Jimmy John stays around for a while because he's, he's heavily invested in that uh, more than anything. But ultimately, when push comes to shove, I believe he will either stay with the Saints or he will retire. Next! On Sunday, we all witnessed a nice, warm, and fuzzy moment when Teddy Bridgewater wept tears of joy on the sideline as he made his return from the devastating knee injury that many thought would end his career. Now, unfortunately for him, Case Keenum is having the best year of his career. What's the play here for the Vikings, Ben? Yeah, the the play is to continue to keep Case Keenum at arm's length. You can't trust him, but you can't bench him if you're Mike Zimmer. Here's the thing. Hey, Case Keenum has been a game manager, but let's not get crazy. The Vikings are on a nice roll. They've won five straight games. They're beating up the weak sisters of the blind, but... The Vikings in this run, Case Keenum has eight touchdowns and five interceptions and a quarterback rating of 91.6. He has been solid but not spectacular. This is not – remember when Randall Cunningham – you don't, Coop, because you were too young. Randall Cunningham, this amazing year for the Vikings in the late 90s, and was – oh, my God, he was so good. He's like the best quarterback ever for a year. Randall Cunningham was when the Vikings – I think they went like 15-1, and if I remember correctly. But that this is not that. This is not that. And and B – you you have to resist hiring. My my theory on sports is you resist hiring the interim coach because they generally fail. Small sample size. Players always want the interim coach because he's the what they know. You should also resist giving the keys to the career backup quarterback unless he's over the top good. Case Keenum has seven more weeks to convince Minnesota that he is not a fraud. So let it play out. Let it play out because the more rope that you give Case Keenum, the more likely it is that he's going to revert to the guy that he had been with the Texans and the Rams. The smart money says that the same thing's going to happen in Minnesota, that he's going to get exposed the more you play him. Next! Now, Russell Westbrook had a uh, birthday over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, Paul George was asked if he had he got him anything for his birthday. His response was, 37. <laughs> yes, very funny. 
Very what a clever. comedian. He's going to be at Chuckles Comedy Club in <laughs> Oklahoma City this week. Ben. Yes. Can you remember your best and worst birthday presents? Well, this is simple. And the answer is the same for you and you and you and you. When it comes to birthdays, the best presents are when you're like 8, 9, or 10. That is the golden period in your life. Uh, everything is wonderful. You kind of get it a little bit, and you're, you, but you're still young enough to enjoy it like a kid. Uh, I remember getting the, the first big video game system back in the day, which I think was uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System, if I remember correctly. And they, it came, and I remember it had, well, we used to play Duck Hunt, but it didn't come with Duck Hunt. It had uh, Donkey Kong Jr., it came with Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong, and they had Popeye. There was a Popeye game that it came with, and and then we had to buy some other games and all that. And I actually learned I, the, the game I was really good at was Duck Hunt. I got a lot of kills on Duck Hunt, and I was a master at that. In fact, I learned my marksman skills from Duck Hunt. My ability, uh, I, I could be like a sniper if I, I could be a, a sniper in the Marines. Uh, the uh, the army and all that uh, because of my ability because of duck hunt but uh, that that was great I I still have fond memories I also remember getting some that's right uh, some some like a new baseball glove I was convinced this was going to be the glove the same glove I would use when I made it to the big leagues that the glove I got when I was a kid I would just it would be one of those great stories and Vince Scully would talk about how when Ben was 11 years old he got this glove and here he is in the big leagues and he's using the same in my head this was going to happen. Of course, at the time, I was throwing a tennis ball against the garage door, but that didn't matter. All right? That did not matter. I was going to use this glove in the freaking major leagues. And then as an adult, everything pretty much sucks. I mean, I, I can somewhat take care of myself, so I get whatever I need. So I'm just happy. The key for me at birthdays now is really good cake, really good frosting on the cake. That's because I don't, you know, presents, you know, you're, I'm an adult. I don't get good stuff. All right, there, there it is. Mallard of the third degree. How did we do? Ben, I believe the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System came out in uh, 1985. You weren't alive then, right? That is before my time, actually. I lied. This whole thing was made up. You are correct. Fail me. Fail me, Coop. Fail my you ass. Failed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You caught me in a lie. I wasn't even a, a wink in my parents' eye in 1985. What are you talking about, man? I made that whole thing up. You think I would play Duck Hunt? That's below me. That is below me. Absolutely correct. Good job by you. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. All right, let's go. Here we go. Let's do it. Yes, we Now, <laughs> Mallers Mountain of Money. Hello, that's a lot of money. Do you have what it takes to get to the top? Probably not. And it is another edition of Mallor's Mountain of Money. And who do we have here? Let's see. Who do we have? Oh, we have our two contestants ready to go. Jed, who fled. Hello, Jed. What's going on, Big Ben? Analysis on point as always. Your analysis is sharper than a sword. It's ridiculous. It's a wonderful compliment. I did not ask you to give that compliment. But the- well, you don't have to. You deserve it. You deserve it. I mean, you're just a humble man, but you deserve it. That's why I shower you with Appreciate love. that. It's a very kind <sighs> Don't need your dopey sound effects there. And uh, thank you, Jay. We have Andrew in Minnesota. Hello, Andrew. What's going on, Ben? Eddie? Coop the Loop? Not for Kane Keenum, man. You need, to, you need to ease up on him a little oh, bit. Oh, no, no. all we got, No, man. no. I got this. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm glad he's starting. Keep You play him against the Rams, and you leave him in there when he starts making bad passes. You make sure you leave him in there, okay, Andrew? 
Yeah, yeah, I will. All right, thank you. Let let Coach All Zimmer right. know that I want him to keep playing the entire game. All right. Yeah, All right. I'll email him. All right. Uh, what do you do, Andrew? What kind of work do you do? I work at a surface mine in Minnesota here, and I operate uh, heavy equipment. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Good job. Right. Work at a yeah. mine. What's right. what's the biggest piece of equipment that you you've manned? There? Uh we've got a. We got an equilibrium crane that we use to unload the barges off the Minnesota River. So that's a pretty fucking big. Oop, oh. That's a pretty big piece of equipment. <laughs> all right, all right, that's all right. Don't say it again, stupid. All right, uh, hold on a sec. Uh, you got very excited. I was going to ask him the follow up is how much that actually uh, you know, weighed, but I don't think I can ask because I think he. You know. All right, uh, Jed. Who do you want to partner up with, Jed? You can play with anyone on the show, Jed. You can play with me, Ben. You can play with Eddie. You can play with Danny G or Coop Deloop. Man's radio etiquette, like LeBron subway etiquette. I'm gonna take you, Ben. Take you. I'm surprised. I did not think I would be picked. I'm uh, pleasantly surprised. Play that sound effect for the score difference at the end. That'll be shocking. All right, go ahead, Andrew. Who you got? I will take Eddie. All right, Eddie, you get the potty mouth guy, Andrew. So good luck. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. Watch your language there, Andy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It was a really big effing crane. (laughs) 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 All right, gentlemen, this week's Mallers Mountain of Money is the 1988 edition because it's Coop de Loop's birthday this week. And he was born in the year 1988. What day is your birthday, Coop? Friday. Oh, Friday. Nice. All right. All right. So category one, Ronald Reagan. Category two, Rain Man, which was the top grossing film that year. Category three, The Cosby Show, the number one TV show. And category four, Faith was the top song from George Michael. All right, Jed, who fled, you were on the line first. You get to choose the first category. Let's, uh, let's have an homage to Ronald Reagan. All right, okay. so uh, Ronald Reagan, all right, that's our All category. Right. And, Shocking Jed would pick that yeah. category. Andrew, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. leaves you with Rain Man, The Cosby Show, or Faith? Stereotyping me let's, while stereotyping. All right, let's go. Let's say Cosby Show. Cosby Show for Andy, all right. Jed, who fled... Ronald Reagan, these athletes are known to be ultra-conservative. Going to be 45 seconds on the clock, 10 to 100 on the board. We need the first and last name of these sports figures. All right, Ben, are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Here we go, Jed. Go. All right, number 18 for the Indianapolis Colts. He just retired a couple years ago. Uh, Peyton Manning. That is correct. Uh, The mailman for the Utah Jazz. That is accurate. Uh, Former Dallas Cowboy quarterback now at Fox as a broadcaster. That is accurate. Uh, Former Philly and Boston Red Sox. The Bloody Sock. The Bloody Sock. Number 22 for the Trailblazers and the Rockets in the 90s. That is correct. Uh, Steelers wide receiver turned politician in the 1970s. Went to Notre Dame. uh, Went to USC, rather. All right, pass on that. Lynn Swan? Uh, Yes, correct. Uh, Former broadcaster on Monday Night Football. Married to Kathy Lee worked with Al Michaels and Ron the, Gifford. Uh, no, keep a different first name. Frank Gifford. Yes, bam. Nice. Yeah, I'm the smartest yeah. Man alive. you're the greatest, Jed. Oh, you're a great God, caller. That was, that was such an easy category. That was so difficult. Yeah, well, Eddie, this ain't looking good. Yeah. It, well, I like your positive attitude, yeah, there, Andrew. Give, yeah, <laughs> just give up. Just give up. All right, let's 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 move on. Here we go. The Cosby Show. These sports figures are oh, not. Co- that's offensive. The Cosby Show. By the way, I'm offended by. It. I'm triggered. Why? Yeah. The Cosby. Because of Bill? Yeah. All right. These sports figures are not who we thought they were because of Bill. Ah. All right. 45 <laughs> All right, seconds Andrew, on the clock. Full name. Full name, Andrew. Full first and last name of these sports figures. Andrew, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Eddie, go. All right. Uh, Giants uh, slugger, single season home run leaguer, leader, uh, Balco scandal. Oh, pass. All right. Former NFL quarterback, <laughs> uh, star with the Falcons. Ben calls him the puppy killer. 
Mike Vick. Uh, disgraced former U.S. cycling star. He won the Tour de France a bunch of times, then he was caught. Yes. Former Ravens running back. He was on camera punching his Ray girlfriend. Lewis. No, different Ray. Punched oh. his girlfriend in an elevator. Not in oh, football Ray anymore. Lewis. No, no, a different different oh, wow. last name. Oh, God. Ray Wright. Yes. Ray Wright. Uh, former legendary Penn State head coach. His assistant was a pedophile. Gary Sandowski. No, no, the, the head coach, the head coach. Who was the head coach at that Penn State? Uh, pass. Oh, my God. Former figure skater. <laughs> oh. Well, it's time. Mean, how old are you, by the way, Andrew? I am only 25. Oh, yeah, for him, Joe Paterno. You don't know who the hell Joe Paterno Joe pa. is. That makes sense. Actually, you get the guy's age. Yeah. Right, I'll never watch sports again. And then he, he doesn't know who Barry Bonds is. That's a little tough. Yeah, to start the category there, Barry Bonds. With oh, Barry Bonds. I thought ah. you guys did great, though. I'm a big fan. I think Andrew and Eddie were wonderful. Well, if only we had an easy category like you guys had. Yeah, Barry Bonds is very difficult. All I right, the score, is, Paterno, very the score is 340 to 90. The close game. We'll, uh, <laughs> they'll try to catch up on the other All side. All right, we'll get to that. More of Maller's Mountain of Money with Andrew, who's got the potty mouth, and Jed, who fled, who's just wonderful. We'll get to that, and we'll do it next. A night without the Ben Maller Show is like a daytime listening to one of those cookie-cutter radio programs. We're different. Join our community on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. All right, let's get back to it. It's Maller's Mountain of Money, the 1988 edition. We've got Andrew in Minnesota trailing Jed, who fled. I'm teamed up with Jed. We're winning, and Andrew is losing with Eddie. But there is the final round here, the final here we go. Round. All right, Andrew, you need to be on the comeback trail here. What's the score going into the final All right. round? 340 to 90. Okay, okay Andrew, you need to run the board <laughs> here. Very, very Rain Man laugh. or Faith? <laughs> or Faith. God. Hey, Jed, pipe Let's down until man. it's your turn. Cover that. All right, Andrew, what was it? Rain Man. Rain Man. Okay. These athletes have all played for a Seattle team. All right, 40. You'll do well, Andrew. There's a lot of great Seattle sports knowledge in Minnesota, yes? <laughs> 40. Yeah, there's some. We send all our players there to win championships. <laughs> 45 seconds really? on the clock. Eddie, you ready? Yeah. Go. Current quarterback of the Seahawks. Russell Wilson. Uh, former Mariners shortstop. Uh, he's now on Fox. He's dating J-Lo. Oh, pass. I don't know it. Uh, Seattle star pitcher. They call him the king. Threw a no-hitter. Nope. Former Sonics guard, the glove. Nope, never seen the Sonic. Great. Uh, well, then the next category, the next one. Oh, no. Let's see. Uh, greatest wide receiver in Seahawks history. White guy, number 80. Racist. Uh, Jimmy Graham. Yes, yes, yes. Jimmy yes. Graham. Yes, yes. yes. that's yes. who it is. You're correct. Well done. Half points on that, yes. Jimmy's half a kid. Don't give up, Eddie. I think the last one's going to be the best one. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eddie. Come on. Uh, former Seahawks quarterback. He played at a tiny college in Wisconsin. Oh, it's not Russell Wilson, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, you're the greatest. You're such that a good awesome. contestant. That's uh, tremendous. That was, uh, if you were Ben's you. Uh, partner, he would be calling you every name. Not in the book at all. Right I'm now. classy. Eddie. Oh, I know that. That's a that, Andrew. You know, I would. Andrew, I, I, you're my favorite contestant, Andrew. Let me I let me run so down good. the list yeah. really quick. Yeah. A Rod, uh, uh, Felix Hernandez, the King, Gary Payton, the Glove, Rain Man, Sean Kemp, yeah. Steve Largent. Uh, best wide receiver in Seahawks history, and Dave Craig, their quarterback. Hey, 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 you're bringing a ringer. Nobody's that stupid. 
Should we play the final round just to run up the score? No, I guess we don't Absolutely have Absolutely we're going to do that. Well, we don't have time for nah, that. Man, let's don't do that. That'd be, that wouldn't be humble. All right, Jimbo now, Fisher sucks at Blake Dollar. Let's, let's go to Koopaloop and find out who won the game. Coop, who's the winner? Go ahead, Koopaloop. Can you let us know who won the game? Is that, uh... Well, it sounds like Jed who fled hung up, so. Uh-oh. No, nah, he didn't hang up. He the did game, hang up. No, the game's up. Game <laughs> he is, hung oh, up. Oh, stop. He quit. Who, what was the final score? <laughs> he waved score? the white flag. Go ahead. <laughs> if your guy knew who Joe Paterno or Barry Bonds was, I might give you the win, but it he was, didn't. It was, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> it was 340 to 100. 340 to 100. Uh, that is uh, only one round, and the winner and the man that gets the golden ticket. I've got a golden ticket. Get who I add to my all-time wins total. No one has won more radio game shows in the history of Fox Sports Radio than me. Or lost. I am the king uh, when it comes to winning, just like LeBron James is the king. Uh, I think I've actually won Mallor's Mountain of Money more than you. That is incorrect. That's a lie. No, it's it's uh, not. That is fake news. I think Uh, I think got like a six-game winning streak uh, just snapped. uh, Incorrect. You were a loser, Eddie. Terrible clues by you. Oh, yeah. Uh, That was the problem. Andrew would have gotten Barry Ponce by (laughs) Joe Paterno. If I had been playing with him, he would have gotten God, I wish that would have happened. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.